So uh, it's about 10 o'clock in the morning, and uh, it's an hour before the first uh, sort of, I, w I would, wouldn't say public, but the first uh, time that I'm going to be hearing um, this iteration of Dark Sisters. I'm Nico Muley, and I wrote the music, and I'm here with... Rebecca Teichman. I am directing Dark Sisters. And I'm Neil Gorin, and I am the artistic director of Gotham Chamber Opera, and I am conducting Dark Sisters. And I have heard it because uh, yesterday we had a sing-through in preparation for this, and everyone was really nervous and worried about Were they really them. nervous? They were concerned about, about their memory. This is something that I find so interesting about, mm -hmm. about operatic voices and just working with opera singers. It's like, you know, musician, chamber musicians, orchestral musicians, is for, a compo like the, for a composer, you go to a rehearsal, people will make mistakes and, it, and they're just like, whatever. They don't, you know, it, they just don't care, which I, I like. I mean, I'm a big fan of the, of the confident mistake. Yeah. But I feel like, but I feel like with, with opera singers, there's this, there's this anxiety that like, I don't know, it's funny. I think, I think they, 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 um, they internalize the material so much harder. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I was just gonna say it's pure economics because in, when, in opera productions, as, uh, as you know for sure, um, you're expected to be memorized at the first rehearsal. And you have one sing through, and then you put it on its feet, and two weeks later the show goes up. Right. So we've had a luxury, and we've been able to. We've had two workshops. People have gotten to know the music, and even yesterday, before you guys get to hear it today, and they probably will make some flubs. Yesterday they were nervous because I, I essentially laid down the lawn, so we've got to be ready to stage. Right. I mean, it's but it's also funny because sometimes I mean, you know, we, I just did this other opera, and, and you know, people who. Had it memorized before the first day of rehearsal. Yeah. On the third show, forgot you know sixteen mm -hmm. lines. So it's you know, and, and that's fine. I mean, that's I mean, that's part of the. I mean, it's, you know, it's not fine, but it's <laughs> the exigencies of theater. It's but the it's, opposite of doing a play. Just, just I have a show opening tonight in La Jolla, new play, and on the, during the previews, the actors were calling for line. I mean, it literally is the. I was thinking about that yesterday. Saying, what a joy it's going to be to come into this room of deeply prepared people and how it's just it's a totally different culture doing a straight play. I'm horrified. Yeah, no, it's pretty shocking. What and was the you know, I mean, you, you, we saw you know, always when you get a previous people are calling for lines. I mean, not, not all, they not always, shouldn't. It's, it's, they shouldn't. No, I mean, this was a new play, and there were changes going in. Oh, yeah, but yeah. still, you are always staging with a book in hand. Yeah. Almost. I mean, so to me, the fact that they're going to have it memorized is, you know, it's a wonderful luxury. Partially because they've got to not only incorporate the staging, but it's got to be in conjunction with right. singing with it the and getting it all internalized. Right. It's an extreme sport in a totally exactly. Different well, I, guess, I, I guess another thing that that I find interesting is that you know, some. Some some of the singers and we you know we've put this together have said it's really hard, which I wonder about because I, I, I do do you think the music is is particularly for some of them I mean it depends on how much experience they have in contemporary music how much experience they have in counting things like that so some of them have absolutely no problem this is just a walk in the park and others they're really really concerned and they've got to think a lot and we have to get them to the point that's the, the during the staging so they don't have to think. So that they feel confident, and some of them are saying, "I just can't get this this passage memorized." And, and luckily, someone else more experienced said, "You know, after we have our staging, mm -hmm. we'll know. We'll walk two steps, and that's when we change yeah, the right. exactly. that sort of thing." So. And they also—I mean, I hope they all know that I'm the most relaxed about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I really am. And, and one of the things that I like to do actually is is 
I, I don't even sometimes I don't even look at the score to see if they made a mistake mm -hmm. because if I, if I can't if I can't hear it in a sing through, mm -hmm. then I don't care. Do you know what I mean? And I think and I think that was that's something that you kind of you kind of left to let go. <laughs> Actually, yesterday at the, when we were working, uh, I was working with Caitlin, who's singing the the lead of Eliza. Um, I've been sort of up until now the Nico police uh, to make sure that everyone does it right. right. Maybe it's because you, you aren't so so yeah. concerned. <laughs> and at this point, C Caitlin and I said, let's start experimenting and really making music hmm. out of it. And if Nico doesn't like us, he'll tell us. Yeah, I'll tell you. you know, yeah, exactly. But we're not going to be changing notes. We're not even going to be changing rhythm. But we're going to be investing it, trying out different things. And I think this is the time to do that. But one of the things <laughs> is also, it's, you know, that I, I've left a lot of room in the, in the score for you to be able to change yeah. things around and you know this is this is one of the luxuries also of this long process is that there are places where we're like oh we need some more time oh we need another line we just switch these lines around and it's it's a it's an it's a incredible combination of both i feel like i was thinking you know about what about how is the music guiding the staging was one of the questions you had you know asked us to think about and i was thinking that in some ways it's like Shakespearean in that really there are stage directions encoded in every choice that you've made. I feel like you see it in your mind. Mm. I mean, down to like, you know, the character impulse. It's incredibly specific. And but without, through, without being visually, I mean, I, I see it, you're right, but I, it, I'm not like. It's like driven through motivation and need. Mm. Um, and, but, and then on the opposite side, and really, you know, obviously the meters, you know, incredibly encoded, it's set, it's encoded in it, and then you give us this space to explore and find how to sort of make it our own, and that there are, there is within that structure, a, a really, a, a, I would guess, for contemporary opera, opera, a lot of freedom that you're leaving us. It's pretty, it's pretty chilled out, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see what you'll do with the staging, especially in, in the sort of interludes, and which are, are very few. I mean, there's there's the kind of very opening. There's there there are two kind of mountain climbing passages, right. and that's kind of, that's kind of it. But that's a lot to do. Even yeah. then, did you think of those visually when you were writing them? I thought of them visually as if what, what I, the the way that I kind of th thought about those things was. As if I was squinting from the worst seat in the house, mm. just so if I had described to someone who was like blind, I'd be like, "She's walking up there," <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the most like the most uh -huh. kind of basic thing. So it was it was really like someone goes uphill. Uh -huh. But then you have like such kind of meticulous detail in there, like you know, there's these tiny little notes where she's meant to look back. Right, you know, maybe she's maybe looking she... down at what she, what she's leaving behind. Right, maybe, but, but it's you maybe, know. but it really is incredibly evocative right. of that idea. And I, and I think what it is is that, you know if, if I leave it if I leave it a little smudged, then there's room for a, right. a million interpretations. So I'm, I'm not. I mean, you know, this is one of the things I was thinking about. Actually, was was in in um, the beginning of of uh, uh, wait, is it in no in in well you, you see it you see it in Wagner a lot where these long orchestral passages with a lot of notes about what <laughs> which, which every director ignores but yeah every director <laughs> ignores, but, but, but this is the amazing thing is that you know if and it's like oh she makes ecstatic gestures from the rock and then he waves back from the horse and then, <laughs> you know, like, exactly <laughs> all that sinks into oblivion yeah, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> and then sings <laughs> yeah exactly but you think you know there, if, if you take something like that and then just kind of squint at it you're like what's really happening here you know it's like he goes here she stays there like really basic stuff, and then you can, as you say, encode it with all this other information. But it's going to be fun when we get, when we get. I just, I just got a text from Leo, who's on his way to see the scissor mm. lift, which is so. This is our, our set designer. It's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
But you were saying, Rebecca, about the specificity is really interesting because I was working with one of the singers yesterday and I said, and she wasn't, I said, what's your sub, she wasn't getting it the way I wanted it, what's your subtext here? And she said, oh, this, this, and I said, oh. Mine was exactly the opposite. How in the world did you come up with that? And because mine was incredibly specific, so was hers. Right. But it was totally different specific. And I just assumed that everyone comes up with the same, same thing right. as me. And hers was really, really good. So it was. It's so I'm sure your specificity might occasionally be different right. than other people's too. Right. One, of the, one of the things that I was also when I was when I was sort of thinking about about what we were going to talk about, you know, is, is that these are women also who whose motivations and whose and who's like needs and wants it's, mm -hmm. it's a it's a situation under pressure yeah so so a lot of them aren't really speaking from like from set character places mm -hmm. where it's like and now comes the king and the king always says this where it's like they've just had this kind of trauma to their family right. so every, everyone's acting in this kind of extreme way so you can get these opposites yeah and Actually, in the way that well in the way that it's sort of a tragic thing you know, it forces you to, it, you, you think that you're this, but you're actually that, and you, you know, there's always this shuttling back and forth, which I tried to build into it, especially with some of the characters like, um, like, uh, like Almera, for instance, where mm -hmm. it's like she, you know, she's holding on real tight to, to how she used to be as, as this kind of, like, really hopeful thing, then there's also this real sad shit mm -hmm. at the bottom of it, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's new, and also old, so editors. Right, oh. right. Actually, yesterday we were doing the final chorus, the hymn, and it was mm. sort of passive, and people were not invested in mm. it. Mm. And I said, "Okay." I said, "What are you? What are you all feeling here?" And um, wisely, one person said, "I think we're all feeling something different." And I said, "Let's discuss. What are you feeling as you sing this right. hymn? What's your reaction to what's been going on?" And once they, <coughs> excuse me, articulated it, I had them sing it again, and it became mm. it into color, full color. Right. We should. I mean, we should say that the 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 pieces. Does something kind of strange, which is at the end, the very, very end, in the last sort of 15, 15 minutes, there's a, there are two kind of embedded hymns. The first, the first is uh, um, "Abide with Me," which is a kind of, which is a kind of American standard, um, funereal thing, um, and the second is "Love at Home," which is a very specifically um, Latter Day Saint traditional. Uh, tune and you hear it all over the place. And in fact, there's I, I just I was just reading in one of the I don't know if you, you follow this in, in one of the accounts of the Jeff's trials mm -hmm. that that one of the other elders in the FLDS like got a phone call during one of the depositions and his ringtone was love at oh, home. Oh Lord, that's, <laughs> can we put that in the show? I think uh, can we put that in the show? I put it in my phone. <laughs> Isn't that outrageous? I was like, are you for real? <laughs> So anyway, so, so, so love at home appears, and the thing, you know, and the other the other thing that's that's interesting, and, and 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 you know, is that in a lot of these memoirs of people who've left the the FLDS, you you hear them say things like, you know, one of the things we used to do every week was sing this hymn, love at home, and and, and you know, and how ironic it was that our home was actually so so kind of messed up, and 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 so I, I thought it was appropriate to end with this kind of, and it's a very beautiful and very American sounding. Um, tune. It, do, it doesn't have the kind of it, the, the way that the chord structures work. It's like totally not Anglo, mm -hmm. <laughs> Anglo Catholic. Mm -hmm. It's it's super American. It sounds. It's very prairie. It's very um, whatever. Are it's there a lot of original tunes? Just two. In, no, and I don't mean the show in in the FLDS. Oh, in the LDS. The, in, the in, FLDS, the LDS. in the FLDS, there are a few, main, mainly written in the eighties. Um, but in the LDS, there are a bunch. There's a whole hymnal of. There's a, there's a bunch of overlap with you know Protestant right. things that would have come, but there there are, there are a bunch of bunch of bunch of tunes um, 
that are some of them are specifically pegged to like LDS holidays, like for instance Pioneer Day. There's this thing called the Wagon Wheel song, which is kind of amazing. Um, uh, the, actually, no, sorry. There's another. There's another folk song that I use. Is kind Father, I thank you for these these two little right. hands. Yes, of course. Right. These two little hands have learned to obey. That's that's a that's an LDS. It's original. so great that it's in there and in two, now in two places. It's in two places, right? Because yeah, exactly. it happens at the beginning. It happens at the first was in the flashback, and then it happens again in this really ominous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so great. You Actually, it's three times. It happens during during fake um, during, at the end of Act One. Oh, right. she's When she's saying, I, I'm, I'll, "I'll do whatever you want," right, and, right, and then her right. daughter sings it to her. Anyway, it's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> we agree. <laughs> <laughs>